Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's December 25th, Christmas morning. Welcome to Colorful Medicine Review, episode 77. Happy belated Hanukkah to all my Jews. I'm sure I just have countless amounts of Jews listening to this show, and happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa to Sean King. But to, to my normal people out there, Merry Christmas. And I hope everybody has wonderful holiday plans, or if you have no holiday plans, like me, today, my holiday stuff is over with already. I hope you just have a relaxing day. Thanks for joining. Now let's see, that song was called Up on a Housetop. And it was by Kevin McLeod, whose site you can check out. And the site is in Competech.com. And you can check out that site for royalty-free music and graph paper. Welcome to the show. As I said, it is Christmas morning. It is December 25th, 2017. And as such, I have some Christmas stories in the news. And then uh, I'll try my attempt at a Bible lesson. We'll see how that goes. I think you can at least consider a Bible lesson successful if you don't send more people to hell than what was going to end up there in the first place. Oh. What should we begin with? How about doctors issue Christmas tree warning? An article by CBS Philly. There isn't enough to worry about already. We have fluoride in the water. We have pollutants in the air. Um, we at least used to have acid in the rain. I don't. I don't. Man, I haven't heard acid rain in a long time. But let's. Uh, what's what's coming out of uh, Christmas trees that's gonna put us in an early grave? We'll find out from this article by Stephanie Stahl. Christmas tree syndrome. Doctors issue health warning for. Real tree owners. A warning this holiday season about something that is called Christmas tree syndrome, where people get sick from being around the tree. A centerpiece of the season, the Christmas tree, and the real ones are a beautiful tradition from nature. But real trees can trigger allergic reactions with symptoms that can include wheezing, coughs, congestion, sore eyes, and potentially life-threatening asthma attacks. Uh, one way to reduce the risk, according to this article, is a good shake that can get rid of some dust and pollen. This article recommends that you shake your tree. I'm guessing that means outside. But the article continues, branches and uh, trunk can often hold onto other microscopic problem. Another microscopic problem. But what they're allergic to is the mold that settles in the tree during its growing time. 
and arguably sometimes when it's waiting to be sold here on the lot, said Jimmy Cohn, a Christmas tree farmer. One study found that mold from a live Christmas tree rose to five times the normal level two weeks after the tree was brought indoors. So it says, another way to make your tree less likely to trigger an allergic reaction is to give it a bath. Get your tree in the backyard and hose it down. Then put on, uh, put it in the house and you're good to go. A quote from Jimmy Cohn. Allergists recommend a thorough spraying of the branches and trunk and then letting it dry outside for a day. So I guess if you're feeling some allergic reaction sitting next to your tree, maybe that tree is it. Drag that thing outside and hose it down. Uh, but if you live in a state where I live, a northern state, or a northern country, good luck letting that thing dry outside. It's probably just going to turn into an icicle. And I've never heard of anybody being allergic to a tree, but let's see some of these comments here. There's 41 comments in this article. Here's from Steve Holler. I've always been allergic to cats, but I love cats. My cure? Always be around cats. I have five now, and they don't bother me at all. I don't know. I don't know if I can recommend that. It has nothing to do with trees, either. So I guess this guy's suggestion is to always be around Christmas trees. You just bring them in your house 365 days a year. Even Ivan Samuelson says, just another attempt to try and stifle Christmas. Because that's a reference to the war on Christmas, as some people call it. Um, continues on saying, my youngest daughter was diagnosed with asthma and other allergies and the Christmas tree we get. We go to the farm and cut it down ourselves. And immediately put water, put it in water that day and she's never had one problem. Uh, another comment from Scott Krieger, Krager. My wife has pine mold syndrome, PMS, monthly. I don't know if this is supposed to be a joke. <laughs> it makes her very irritable and often leads me to adult beverages. Luckily for us, this condition seems to improve in a few days. Okay, obviously a joke. I was a little late to getting it. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, but here, here's a comment from Lynn. Patricia seems to somewhat be taking this seriously. I am allergic to pine trees and have asthma, but your dust and mold from your Christmas tree scare tactics are over the top. Anything to drive people away from them and keep them from celebrating Christmas. Scented candles, fireplaces, cinnamon sticks, and other smelly Christmas decorations would be much more likely to trigger, um, or triggers for asthmatic for an asthmatic than a tree. So. So a lot of people are just uh, completely brushing this article off their shoulder saying, uh, I don't know, it's a joke. Well, one one person, Lincoln Weinberg, says, what a effing joke. So. And that person sounds Jewish. So perhaps has no stake. <laughs> Perhaps doesn't have a horse in the Christmas tree game. 
or the Christmas tree race, horse in the race, horse in the, I don't know how that phrase works. Uh, let's see. One more, Cynthia Beatty. Yes, two exclamation marks. We visited my grandmother every Christmas and for several Christmas Eves and I ended up in the emergency room with a terrible asthma attack. She scrubbed and cleaned before we came, but each year I would get sick. We finally figured out it was the live Christmas tree. When we visited my aunt, who also had a live tree, the same thing happened. The home, we always had a fake tree, so I didn't have any problems. So, and who knows? You know, in a world of seven and a half billion people, there's always going to be something allergic to something that you've never heard of before. You know, there's actually cases of people being allergic to water. On to the next story. Family asked to remove offensive Jesus sign from the Christmas display because it offended a neighbor. A article by Henry Austin from The Independent. The family has been asked to take down a sign with the name Jesus from their Christmas display after a neighbor reportedly claimed it was offensive. Mark and Lynn Weibel said their homeowners association had made the request after they put up the display outside their home in Adams County, Pennsylvania. Is there any good news story in the news that involves a homeowner's association? It really doesn't seem that way to me. Be very careful when you're buying a house. Quote from Mr. Weibel, As a part of our Christmas decoration, we would display the name of Jesus to point out to everybody that we in this family believe that the reason for the season is to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And a separate interview in the USA Today, his wife said, uh, I was quite shocked and it offended somebody, but I guess in today's world I shouldn't have been. And I guess, according to this article, shortly after putting up the sign, they received an email from the uh, Homeowners Association asking them to remove it. Because an unnamed neighbor had complained it was offensive. My, my only takeaway from this article is just the, I guess, amazement. Amazement at how somebody's, how miserable somebody's life can be. To be offended by a sign that says Jesus on it. You gotta wonder how how somebody can feel attacked by that when they see the sign. They they feel that uh, they're being forced into a religion. Are they offended by something Jesus did? When I mean, anything Jesus did was quite a few years ago. I can't imagine Jesus, you know, borrowed this guy's tools or something like that and didn't return them. Or cut them off or something like that in traffic the week before. Here's a comment from AC Pilot. Uh, you know what? I'm an atheist and I could care less if my neighbor put up a Jesus sign. Or even a nativity scene. It hurts nothing. No way affects my life. I just don't get these people that are looking to be offered. I think it's supposed to be offended. But I think that's what it is. I think they're they're just looking to be offended. They're just so miserable in their own lives. 
that they try to mask perhaps their own flaws or their, their own poor decisions by uh, being offended by having a, a reason to blame for how miserable they are and something something other than any something other than themselves you know they, they can't just they can't just worry about themselves the any normal way here's a compliment from compliments a comment from Eric either every day of the week is named after uh, or, or is named for a Norse god the idea of a seven-day week is based on Jewish religious law half the months are named for for royal Roman deities, the year is based on an estimate of when Jesus was born. The fact is, there's no way to escape the influences of religion in our society. There's no way to escape the influences religion has had on society. If you choose to be offended by every manifestation of religion, you're going to stay permanently upset. Well, I think that's actually some the point of some of these people. I think these people like being permanently upset. They feed off of it. Again, it's a way to mask their own insecurities, their own flaws, is to constantly be in a mode where they're under attack. They're constantly the victim. Well, anyway, Eric finishes up uh, their comment with, I've had enough real troubles in my life to look for ways to be offended by people in the world around me. <laughs> Here's uh, Eduardo says, Homeowners Association, HOAs, is a Sharia law for housing in neighborhoods. That's a funny comment. I would I would say, um, it's the, you know, it's a communism. It's the, it's the communist way for housing in neighborhoods. Some people like them because, you know, you don't want the neighbor with a bunch of broken down cars and junk in their front yard. You know, it can lower the value of the other houses, but I think in most cases, they just take it way too far. I live on an area where there's no homeowners association. There are really no rules. And you can put junk in your yard and you cannot put junk in your yard. And most people, turns out, um, they just take pride in their houses and their yards. And most not all, but most houses look pretty good. Tufer says, I'm not religious, but Jesus, uh, Jesus preached peace and love and understanding. What kind of person would find that offensive? Uh, answer is probably just uh, a miserable loser. Who knows? For whatever reason, I'm imagining like a, a fat lesbian with cats being offended by that, but I really don't have any problems with fat lesbians with cats. Uh, let's see what else. Dear as Santa's Journey exhibit in Ireland picked off by cruel poachers. You have a feeling there's not going to be a lot of good Christmas stories. Yeah, I need to, I'm probably going to need to do a search here. But let's finish this up. Dear as Santa's Journey exhibit in Ireland picked off by cruel poachers. Three sick deer that were part of a Santa Wonderland display in Ireland vanished in a trail of blood earlier this month. Apparently shot and killed by poachers, according to authorities. 
There's a six-foot fence around them and green netting. There's no way you'd have thought they were wild deer, said Pat Cullen, the angry owner of the animals who raised them from fawns. There are also loads of lights and a big sign saying Sansa's journey is just shoddy behavior, he told the London Times. Staff worker at the golf course where Santa's journey exhibit in County Wicklow was set up found uh, the three animals are gone when he came to the pen to feed them. Quote, heaps of blood were spotted. Bloody trails led from the pen to a road nearby. Seems that someone had come in overnight and taken them all said uh, display organizer Keith Whalen. Continuing on, uh, it's a horrific thing to do in a family area. It's very hard to contemplate how someone could be in a mindset to carry out or carry this out and calling killing tame deer like shooting fish in a barrel. I've actually heard the term just shooting a caged deer. Is it possible to shoot fish in a barrel? I actually don't understand that. Term. I thought water stopped bullets. <clears throat> Pretty sure I saw that in Mythbusters. Let's see. I know water can. You shoot it. You shoot water at an angle, it can just ricochet off of it. This is an article by Mary Pappenfuss from Huffington Post. Wow, that, that's kind of two depressing Christmas stories in a row. Well, maybe three. If you consider allergies depressing. I feel like I need to fix this. Happy Christmas music. I need to do a news search. I need to find something happy. I had one more story though. Another one from Huffington Post. What happens when you watch Seven Days Made for Christmas TV movies? This is a stupid article. I'm not even a I'm not going to give it any more time, no, other than reading the headline. Nothing, nothing valuable comes out of the Huffington Post. I just, I, I read it, I read it for just sheer amazement of how terrible it is. Now the Pope is jacking his jaw about migrants for Christmas Mass. Not very surprising. Dimming Christmas lights reflect Venezuela grim crisis? That sounds depressing. I actually read that article before, and they used to have quite the Christmas display in one of their one of their main towns. And uh, it's a town that you don't want to walk in after dark now. It was their capital, Altamira Plaza. Yeah, I'm starting the music again. Jerusalem violence, rain put damper on Bethlehem Christmas.
Get off Drudge Report, maybe. Let's see, Melania Trump tweets Christmas selfie. Storm brings white Christmas to Mideast, targets Northeast. Trump tweeted a sexy selfie at Christmas morning. A sexy selfie. Now I have to look. Queen's Christmas address. Uh, Queen's Christmas address reflects on horrors of radical Islamic terrorism. Oh. Uh, oh, Christmas miracle. Nikki Haley announces. A 285 million reduction to UN funding. That's that's some good Christmas news. Let's check out this selfie here. I don't know if I'd call it sexy. It's a picture. Oh, it's a shoulder up picture. She's wearing a Santa hat. Oh, it's it doesn't look like a real Santa. It looks like one of those app hats. <laughs> The Santa hat appears to be a filter. Well, I wonder, you know, I wonder what toxic Twitter comments are underneath. Oh, one just says, gorgeous Flotus. One says, Merry Christmas. Well, that's encouraging. Usually when you look on Twitter, under any <laughs> any uh, conservative or, or any conservative figure, any conservative kind of tweet, uh, popular one anyway, you'll see. Swaths of uh, detractors underneath. I'm gonna try one more news outlet. World Net Daily. I haven't checked World Net Daily in a long time. It might have some positive Christmas story. Well, I'm not seeing anything right away, but you know what's positive? It's positive that you can shut off the news. You can turn it off. You can stop looking at it. You can turn off your TV. You can shut off your phone. Your tablet, your computer, and you can enjoy your family, and your family you should be enjoying. I'm going to go to my Bible lesson here. My attempt at a Bible lesson anyway. This is from the book of Matthew. Matthew 19. One of the many contexts where Jesus is speaking within a group. And starting on Matthew nineteen sixteen, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, this is Jesus, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. 
God, but if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which? Jesus continues, Thou shalt not do murder, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father, thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up, what I lack yet. Jesus saying, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. With the, uh, the, when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And then just below that is kind of a, uh, a pretty popular portion of the uh, New Testament here. Uh, Jesus saying, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, for it is easier for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, with the, the amazed disciples saying, uh, who, Well, then who can be saved? And he said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So if anyone is going to put a camel through the eye of a needle, it's not going to be a man. But uh, the reason why that came to me, I don't know if this is necessarily the best Christmas lesson, but this is one I thought of anyway. Because uh, we live in, a, I think, in a society, or we maybe man always has, and there's nothing special about modern times, but we, we care so much about our possessions. And what do they really matter? If, if What do they really matter in the end? The possessions you bought for short-term satisfaction, the possessions you own that are causing you stress, the expensive things that you buy that break down, that don't work the way you want them to, the things that put you into debt, the things that distract you from your friends and your family. What are these really worth in the end? What are these worth to you on your deathbed? When you're never going to touch them again. What do these things really mean when in the end they're all going to be dust? The only thing that is eternal, from what we can tell, from the Bible, is uh, eternal life and, you know, eternal life in the kingdom of God. And I think once our eyes are opened to what that exactly is, our modern possessions, our, our modern distractions, our items that we are, are so proud of for whatever reason are really meaningless really meaningless and and so temporary. And I always hear that quote from people on their deathbeds and even oddly enough, I think quotes that I've read, I read a, a lot of people, a lot of people's final statements before they're given the death penalty. I know that's kind of a different direction for the story, but 
Um, the point is that every just almost everybody on their deathbed just wishes they spent more time with their family. So that's all that really matters in the end. According to the people that have uh, that have reached that end, that's I mean that's what what they're telling us. You know, it, as far as what goes on after you're dead, that's anybody's guess. By the way I see it, everything that makes sense to me points to the fact that we need not worry about the material items in our life. So my Christmas message for everybody this year is to set your material items aside, enjoy your, enjoy the love and companionship from your family or your friends, depending on what you have. If you don't have any family and friends, there's no better day than today to start making some. Because when you're on your deathbed, it's going to be those people that matter more to you than anything else. And in the Christian context, the life you live is going to matter more than any of your material possessions and Ultimately, the kingdom of God is the gift we should be seeking. And luckily for us, it is an eternal gift. You don't need to buy the warranty plan with that one. And it's free. So get it while the getting's good. On that note, I'm going to thank everybody for joining Caldwell Madison Review, episode 77. And Merry Christmas once again. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday, and I'll hope it to uh, catch you next time for Thursday's show. Take care.